The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Mari has grown her two fitness and nutrition brand. Co-founder of Bloom Nutrition. Forbes 30 under 30 list. A successful entrepreneur. Someone who has lost 90 pounds. Today's guest is Mari Llewellyn. Mari Llewellyn. My friend Mari. Welcome to the pursuit of wellness. What is up, pal girls? Welcome back to the pursuit of wellness. (laughs) I'm cracking up right now because I am obsessed with the name Pow Girls. I wanted to come up with a really cute name for the Pow community. And I've been saying Pow community, but I just feel like it's a little long and doesn't quite summarize the cuteness of the Pow Girls. And I was talking to Fee about it and she said, what about Pow Girls? It's kind of like cowgirls, but it's pow girls. Pursuit of wellness girls. I love it. It's perfect because I'm a horse girl and I just think it fits the vibe of the community. So from now on, we are pow girls. With that said, guys, we have so much in the works. We've been doing so much brainstorming behind the scenes. I just absolutely love the community we've built here. I feel like we have all such a similar mindset. We're all very goal-driven. We want to be the best version of ourselves. Since doing the power walk, I felt like I really want to make something that we can all wear and feel feel really honed in on this mission that we're all on. We're all on the pursuit of wellness, no matter what that looks like for us. So we have been working on a few things that I cannot wait to show you guys. And this is really like such a an exciting time for me because obviously I've done Mari Fitness, Strength App, Bloom since 2017, but the pursuit of wellness really feels like a culmination of everything I've learned over the years and all the experiences and conversations I've had. I really feel like I'm living in my purpose right now. So this thing that we are launching represents that. And I think you guys will absolutely love it. In addition, I want to let you guys know I am officially taking voice messages from the Power Girls. So if you go in the show notes, the description of this episode, or you go on our socials, on my social at Mari Llewellyn or at the Pursuit of Wellness podcast page, I'm now taking voice messages. I have a little system. It's really easy. Just click the link. You can leave me a voice note. I'm going to be answering your guys' questions. Basically, you can ask me absolutely anything wellness related, nutrition related, goals, mindset, relationships, mental health. If you just want some advice or if you have some advice for the community or a crazy wellness story or hack, go and share it. I will be keeping it anonymous. So don't worry, I'm not calling anyone's name out necessarily unless you specifically request me to. Um, But I just think it's going to be a really great way to interact with the community more, hear your guys' voices, hear from you directly. I think the next episode I do with Fee, we will be going through and answering a bunch of your questions. So make sure you go click that link, leave a little voice note. It's so quick and easy. And I can't wait to hear from you guys. So Without further ado, today we are talking to Dr. Kyle Landry, an anti-aging skincare expert. He was recruited by Dr. Sinclair, who is a professor of genetics at Harvard Medical School, whoa, known for his research on aging. Together, they founded Delavie Sciences, which is a skincare company focused on creating products through years of science research. Guys, this was a crazy story. Space is involved. NASA is involved. The discovery of ingredients we've never heard of is involved. 
I think you're going to really love it. It really blew my mind. And I'm at the age now, I'm 29, where I'm starting to think about skin aging. And I think we can all start implementing practices that help us look stunning into our 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s. Today, we are talking about the correlation between skincare and longevity, the pros and cons of sun exposure, Botox and fillers, do they really help with aging or do they make it worse? Common skincare mistakes, his thoughts on tretinoin and Accutane, ingredients used in Delavie skincare derived from space technology, how to prime your skin to protect it against environmental stresses, water quality and the impact it has on our skin, plus mold. You guys know I'm obsessed with mold. I'm not obsessed. I'm hyper fixated on avoiding mold. Acne and internal health why the term clean skincare might be BS and what age we should start thinking about all of this. So without further ado, guys, let's hop into the conversation with Dr. Carl Landry. I really hope you enjoy the conversation and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Dr. Carl Landry, welcome to Pursuit of Wellness. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for waiting in our lovely waiting room. Couches aren't very comfortable, so I had no problem waiting there. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Guys, Dr. Landry is the co-founder, president, and chief scientist at Delavie Sciences, which is a science-driven and result-focused skincare company. So we are going to talk all things science of aging and skincare today. I'm excited to dive in. So it sounds like you have a lot of different interests and expertise from aging, skincare, nutrition, space, mm-hmm. Tell us where all of this started for you. All right. So um, when I was in high school, my dad was, you know, pretty intense and making me go to school. He's like, go to college. I was like, no, I want to enlist in the military. He's like, just apply to one school. So I was like, what do I want to do? And I liked science and I liked food. So I found out about food science. I was like, well, this is a great thing. So basically it it went from there. And um, I did my bachelor's, master's, PhD in food science, everything from purifying enzymes to working with bean sprouts. So the whole gamut of uh, application there. And then when I was, actually, when I started my PhD, I started teaching at Boston University uh, in the Department of Health and Rehabilitation Sciences. So I was 22 at the time, 23 at the time, teaching there teaching food science to graduate and undergraduate um, students. Anyway, so I go to graduate my PhD. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a professor, this and that. And then I get a phone call from some guy in Boston. Now, I looked at my phone and I normally block everything. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. So it's this random number. But I picked it up this time because I was like, wow, maybe it's from BU. Maybe it's something going on. I'm like, hi. And the guy's like, hey, is this Dr. Landry? I'm like, yeah, it's Kyle. You know, what's going on? He's like, hi, I'm David Sinclair from Harvard Medical School. I've been reading some of your papers. What you do is very interesting. Do you want to come and work with me at Harvard Medical School? And I had no idea who he was at the time. I'm like, I'm a food scientist. Why is this guy from Harvard Medical School giving me a call? And then I looked looked him up. I was like, wow, he's pretty big time. He's a pretty famous dude. Can you explain who he is for anyone listening who doesn't know? Yeah, so uh, David Sinclair is uh, one of the top, if not the top, longevity experts in the world. He's a professor at Harvard Medical School. He discovered sirtuins when he was a postdoc in MIT. And basically, he has been responsible for almost all of the major breakthroughs related to epigenetics and DNA repair with sirtuins and a bunch of other things. So I'm in the food science space, so I have no idea who he is. 
So my advisor and I are looking him up and we're like, wow, this guy's pretty big, like number 14 most influential man in the world by Time Magazine, this and that. I'm like, why is he calling me? Anyway, so I was like, you Am know I in what? trouble? <laughs> no. I was like, what? I'm just, I'm just a scientist. What's going on? So anyway, I hop over there and um, that ended up resulting in a patent being filed and we created a company that was in the biodefense bio-warfare type of space. So what does that mean? So my original task was to develop a product to neutralize biological warfare agents like anthrax, Yersinia pestis, which is the black plague, Clostridium botulinum, a whole bunch of other things like that. So that led us to work with NASA. And so I was introduced to NASA through one of our friends in the military. He was like, hey, Kyle, you work with crazy organisms. Let me introduce you to this guy who works with crazy organisms. And I was like, okay. So then we started work with Planetary Protection, which is a actual division in NASA Jet Propulsion Labs. And from there, we tried to clean up the space station, looked at bacteria on certain Mar Mars rover, all these different things. And then you're like, hey, Kyle, we have this cool organism that... Uh, we did some research and we put it outside of the space station. Meaning in space? In space. Okay. It came back down and it has amazing UV blocking properties. Do you want to see if there's anything linked to longevity or aging? And we're like, okay. And that's basically how Daily V Sciences was born. So it's a very long winding road that brought me here today. And I've never heard of a skincare company based on a situation like this, which I think is really, really cool. So the organism you discovered or researched, mm -hmm. it's called an extremophile, correct? Yeah, yeah. Can you explain to all of us what that is? Yeah. So besides being an oddball in almost all of the other things, I'm also an oddball in my research because I focus on organisms that live and survive and thrive in extreme environments. Extreme heat, extreme cold, extreme radiation, extreme salt, usually things that are detrimental to life or impede life's ability to thrive, these organisms can grow and do amazing things. So that was my whole research area for, you know, 15 years or so. And um, NASA has a whole bunch of these really cool organisms. And because we were working with them, we were working on a bunch of projects, I had access to some of these things. And we, we licensed it out from NASA and Jet Propulsion Labs, did a bunch of research on it and realized it had some very impactful and significant longevity attributes for the skin. So why did it help with the skin? Like what about it being able to survive in an extreme environment then help skincare? All right. So this is actually why I was uh, plucked by David in the first place. So uh, when we are here in life, you know, we're always being bombarded by things that are damaging to us, whether it's UV radiation, things we eat, chemicals from carpets, right? All of these things. Now, somehow extremophiles have evolved to mitigate an accelerated bombardment of these dangerous pressures. And whether that's producing compounds that help mitigate that or enhance DNA repair mechanisms or actual shielding or prevention of these things are how extremophiles can, can survive and thrive. You know, a lot of things that we use come from organisms. Like, for example, 
uh, laundry detergent is full of enzymes from fungi that break down your fats. So your clothes are full of fat, right? Your oil off of your skin, your lipids. So there are enzymes from organisms that are used to break down the fats in your clothes from laundry detergent, right? There's also a lot of other organisms that are used for drug development or supplement development that all come from these really cool environments. So being in the extremophile space is cool because you deal with the unknown. I mean, I've discovered a handful of organisms now since I've been in this space. And then you get to use naturally occurring things to improve our own situation. I pulled this quote from Dr. Sinclair that says, longevity and skincare go hand in hand. You can't think of one without the other. Though skincare cannot extend the longevity of one's life, it can improve one's life by increasing confidence and thus the power to face each day head on with positivity. Such a valid point. Mm -hmm. I have been through a journey with my skin. I had acne for about 10 years and I had to go through a whole naturopathic journey with supplements. I had candida. It was a whole journey for me. And I finally am at a place where I feel good about my skin and the way I'm showing up every day is so, so different. What are some lifestyle choices we can make outside of skincare that Mm -hmm. can improve our longevity? Yeah, so there's a whole host of things. Um, So skincare, I'll start there because that's, you know, I know you asked not to, but I think I just want to drive home the point. Sun protection is very important. You know, our skin gets bombarded by UV radiation and that is detrimental to skin. I mean, you know, most, if not all, of skin aging is driven by sun exposure. Now, lifestyle choices for aging, you know, you have to think about nutrition and wellness, right? Um, intermittent fasting or calorie restriction is a big one. Um, we live in a sedentary lifestyle. We have a sedentary lifestyle now, right? We're not in the fields, you know, planting corn. We're not chopping down trees by hand, right? And we have a plethora of food on, you know, on demand like that to eat. Uh, So understanding that um, having too much of a good thing is, is, is detrimental. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, look at the rise of obesity and all the other chronic illnesses, all those things impact lifespan, right? So you have like the, the obvious ones like that. And then you have the more nitty gritty if you're into the space and you're trying to biohack. So I think for the majority of the people, just understanding that calories in, calories out will make a world of difference of how you feel, right? Just cutting, you know, a few hundred calories a day in a week or so, you will feel more energized because your body starts needing to make its own energy. It's not relying on the simple sugars or carbohydrates that it can easily metabolize from say a donut or something like that, right? And then hydration is another big thing. It helps with blood flow. It helps with your skin. It helps with detoxing, all of those things. And then exercise. And it doesn't have to be excessive exercise. It doesn't have to be, well, I got to run a marathon, you know, every month. Just anything that puts strain on your body will help train and make your body adapt and get more efficient over time. So there are other things too, you know, there are some supplements, there are some cold plunges, there are, there are saunas, there's, you know, sleep, there's, you know, the oxygen deprivation type of things to help increase VO2 max. All those things are fine tuning longevity, but the majority of it can just be done by simple things like diet and exercise and being aware of what you're putting in your body and what you're putting on your body. In terms of sun exposure, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of scientists have been coming out saying you need to get out 
and have sun in your eyes right away. Mm -hmm. Like Huberman's talking about that yeah, a lot. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? So, you know, we have some uh, receptors in our eyes that are specific to violet light, right? And, you know, we don't get violet light from the lights in here, right? And some of those, um, some people believe that those receptors trigger kind of like um, an ancient system in our body. Because those receptors are some of the oldest receptors in biology. So getting out in the sun, being exposed to sunlight, yes, is good. But sitting out in the sun for 10 hours unprotected is not good. So just like anything, there is moderation and there is a happy balance between that. I believe, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you go outside, you're instantly energized because your body's like, wow, okay, it's daytime now. It's time to get going. Where if you stay in your room, you know, with the windows shut and the blind shut, you're kind of like, oh, do I want to go outside? There is some, there is some stuff that goes with that. And I, I believe hundred percent, but Threading the needle or being, you know, understanding that too much of a good thing is bad is is what people should be aware of. One of my biggest regrets in life is I used to be addicted to the tanning bed for like a year in college because I went to college and everyone was doing it. I was in like Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Everyone from New Jersey was tanning. So I started doing it and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? Yeah. Um, how big of an impact is something like that having on our skin and aging? So uh, when you look at UV exposure, uh, you have UVA and you have UVB bands. Um, UVA are the bands that penetrate very deep into the skin and accelerate skin aging in terms of fine lines and wrinkles, sagging and, and um, overall loss of elasticity and firmness. UVB is what drives, you know, skin cancer. And, um, you know, they're, they're two separate things, but they all come from UV exposure. Now, as the collagen and elastin start breaking down, there are some things you can do to replenish that, but you have to have that shift where you're not putting yourself in that exposure all the time because anything you're doing to prevent it is basically erased if you're still doing the same thing that accelerates it. So it is fixable. Like let's say you had a little stint like I did where you were out in the sun all the time. Mm -hmm. For one year, you know, it's not it's not going to be that dramatic. If you did it for five, 10 years, mm. okay, that's a little different. And then what are your thoughts on some of the things people are doing to prevent aging nowadays with like Botox and fillers? How effective well, do you think that is? I don't is? know if that's preventing aging. I think that's well, hiding that's what, aging. That's, that's what people <laughs> think though. People are calling it preventative aging because they think if you start doing Botox early you're preventing the wrinkles from forming. Is that valid? No, you're, you know, you're basically minimizing your body's ability to like move yeah. and to make wrinkles that way. Mm -hmm. But if you're still being exposed to significant sun, those free radicals from UVA will still go and damage your collagen, elastin, fibronectin, all those other things, your hyaluronic acid. So it may be, it may be temporarily minimizing it, but you're not stopping the mechanistic form of skin aging. And, you know, that is something that at Daily V Science is where I don't want, we're pro-aging. Like we understand that you're going to age, but there are ways that you can minimize the effects of environmental stressors to help slow down the aging process. You'll, your skin will never stay like a baby skin. Like it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. 
uh, but there are things you can do. So with that mindset, you know, David and I were like, how can we do this? And that's basically the whole basis of daily science is creating patented ingredients that do what I just said, help slow down environmental stressors on skin. And De La Vie only has two products. Yeah, we only have two products. I mean, we're very young. Uh, we just launched, but there was a lot of R&D behind there. So we own our patented proprietary ingredients you can't get anywhere else. So, you know, a lot of people look at cosmetic products and they don't realize that it's the same ingredients, just a different face is marketing it, or there's a different story behind one of the, the founders. You know, we make ingredients that you can't get anywhere else. And that took a very long time to develop. And then we just recently launched the serum, which, you know, it, it, it just sold out again. It sold out a few times now. We launched an eye cream in April. It sold out in three hours. And, you know, it's because the results people are seeing from ingredients you can't get anywhere else. So it's, it's, that's the, how, how we think about cosmetics. It's not hiding it. It's not masking it. It's making your skin more efficient so it can be the best form at that time. What are the ingredients in the products that are giving people such great results? Yeah, so our ingredient, bacillus lysate, is the one that's derived from space technology. So mm -hmm. people may be saying, wow, space technology, what is it? Well, it's actually certified space technology by the Space Foundation, which is a forward-facing group that highlights anything that's come out of the space program. Tempur-Pedic mattress is a great example. Most people don't realize that was the cushion on the space shuttle ah, that the astronaut sat on. I didn't know that. And then they were like, well, let's make a mattress out of that. Mm. And uh, yeah, so so this ingredient, um, it does wonders. I mean, one, it helps as an SPF booster for SPF-based products. It actually enhances... Uh, the the UV protection of products. Oh, wow. But besides that, it also blocks and quenches free radicals formed from sun exposure. So UVA radicals, I was just talking about how that's what cross-links it. This actually stops them from interacting with your skin components. So this would be something that's good to wear under sunscreen. Yeah, you can wear under sunscreen. And then the, one of the most surprising things that I found, and, you know, I'm coming into the beauty space from an outside angle. So usually everything's a surprise to me if it works because I'm normally like, you know, I'm a scientist. This isn't going to work. We got to do a lot of stuff with it. We noticed that the bacillus lysate increased your body's own ability to make hyaluronic acid by over 200%. And that's the ingredient everyone's obsessed with right now. Yeah, so that, tell us about that. That's really cool. Yeah. So most cosmetic products put hyaluronic acid in them and you hope that it absorbs into the skin. Now, there's two problems with that. If you have a big hyaluronic acid molecule, which binds the most water, the odds of it penetrating deep are very small. Now, if you have small or short hyaluronic acid molecules, they penetrate a lot deeper, but they don't bind or hold as much water. Now, these are also uh, chemical compounds that are different. Our body makes its own hyaluronic acid that's the most efficient, right? So this ingredient actually tells your cells to make more. And in all the tissue culture studies that we've done, it enhances it dramatically, over 200%. And then the, the craziest thing of all, outside of the hyaluronic acid, is that the bacillus lysate activates CERT1. And so these are CERT2 ones that, that are linked to longevity, just as well as resveratrol. 
Now, the availability of resveratrol through the skin, you know, no one really knows. You're hoping it goes in there. This is a little different. So you have DNA repair mechanisms being activated. You have internal hydration mechanisms being activated. You're preventing radicals from cross-linking your collagen, elastin, fibronec, and all the other things. And you're helping minimize hyperpigmentation and melasma, which was a surprise we found out of the clinical trials. So could these products be also good for someone who has had acne in the past or, or who ha currently has acne? Yeah. So, you know, these products aren't designed to treat acne, but our serum has been certified microbiome friendly and beneficial for your skin microbiome, which is something that is usually off balance when you have skin disorders. And that's another thing, um, you know, most people don't realize the impact that their, their skin products have on the microbiome of the face. So to have a product that's been certified and tested to not prevent, uh, not cause skin issues in terms of the microbiome and actually be beneficial for it is something that's added, you know, icing on the cake for that. And it sounds like this is something men and women could use. Yeah, correct? a lot of men use use it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're a surprisingly good percentage of our customer base. And, you know, because preventative skincare is something everyone should be thinking about, you know, sunscreen and lotion are like the two basics, right? That, that everyone should be using. But there are other things that you can help prime your skin to be more efficient at so that it can protect itself from all these environmental stressors that normally people don't think about. Like for example, salt. So a lot of people work out, they go in the ocean, they're like, wow, you know, salt is great, it helps. But too much salt is bad, right? It causes dryness and cause some irritation. So we're also developing product uh, ingredients that target that, that help enhance your skin's ability to withstand salt. So you can minimize the effects of that from the beach or from working out all the time or, or you know, urban pollution, things like that. That's our mindset is how can we enhance and improve your, your skin's efficiency to protect itself instead of hiding or masking, which is what most other products are. I think I need to have my husband listen to this episode because I feel like if he <laughs> listens to this, he will start using skincare. As of right now, we're at like a basic cleanser and a moisturizer. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like these products could help. That's that's good for a guy, you know, a cleanser and moisturizer. I know. It took a while to get to where we are now. The cleanser is usually the first one men, especially myself, adopt because we're like, okay, I see it. It makes sense. Wash my face, this and that. The moisturizer usually takes a little longer. But, you know, with the serum, a lot of men find, and we get a lot of comments, like a lot of reviews from men. They go, you know, I don't need to to use three, four other products. This is kind of just enough for what I need. So it's like a face wash, use this and sunscreen if I'm outside for a long period of time. And that is just as good as all the other things my my wife or significant others trying to push on me, vitamin C serum, retinol, this and that. And because most guys don't want to be in the bathroom for 20 minutes. I mean, one minute skincare routine for men is I guess Simple the gold the standard. Yeah. Okay, nice. I like this. What are some common mistakes you feel like people make with skincare? They try to skew themselves out. So th what this means is um, if they have an issue, they think they have to buy another product or they have to find something else to use instead of stepping back and thinking, are the products I'm using necessary? So I always tell people, and this is usually a shock to people because they don't want to stop any skincare routine because they're afraid something's going to happen. I'm like, just... 
dial it back a little bit, remove one product, see what happens in a week or so, remove another one, see what happens, and then find out what you need for bare bones. Because what ends up happening is you start patching. You need this, you, you need this, you need this, you need this. And all these combinations can actually have more negative impacts on your skin than positive impacts. So if you always think you have to find new products, and I mean, I guess from someone who who is in this space, it's bad to say don't buy products, right? But if you think about it for the health of your skin, like see where your, your skin is without it and then see if what one or two products do and if you actually need them. I think relying on products instead of looking at your overall lifestyle choices, what you're doing, your overall health, is is more of a crutch and, and can lead you down um, a bad direction instead of helpful. Yeah, I always say the same thing for health and fitness. I think a lot of people want to add, add, add. And sometimes it's like simplifying, taking away and seeing what's left and how you're yeah. feeling in that way. So I, I really like that approach. How about the skin on our body? Yeah. What should we be doing there? Yeah, so our skin and our body is an interesting, interesting thing. Uh, I don't think it gets enough attention as it should, the only thing I'll say is normally we all wear clothes. So unless we're walking around naked outside, the UV exposure is going to be significantly less on our body than on our face, right? And normally we wear clothes, so it helps protect for some environmental things. Now, there are, you know, people who are concerned about what's in our clothes that can impact the skin as well. Um, but that, you know, is not as impactful as UV sun. Um, but in general, I think a general moisturizer and using soap that's not irritating, maybe fragrance-free depending on how sensitive your skin is, is just, is just a good basic um, starting point. And then for specific areas like your hands and your feet, um, depending on what type of shoes you wear. You know, people who wear sandals all the time tend to have dried feet more than people who wear shoes. So then you can adjust as you think. But just because, you know, you're not putting longevity products or anti-wrinkle products on your body doesn't mean you should ignore your skin on your body. Mm. You should still, you know, apply lotions and, and use soaps that are gentle. That could be a good Delevee. You know, what's product. so funny is um, <laughs> there was uh, a celebrity who's using our product and she asked if, if she could buy in giant tubs so she could soak in it. No. Because it, so what, she started on her face, then she went to her neck, then she went to her shoulders, and then she started with her elbows and her arms and her hands. And she's like, Kyle, can I get this in like a pump bottle? She's like, it's working on so many different areas. And I was like, maybe in the future I we, mean, can, we can work on something like that. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And you and, have celebrities using the product, which is amazing. Yeah, a, lo a lot of them. And uh, the body one has to do with the moisture and hydration. Mm. I mean, we did clinical studies after 25 minutes or 30 minutes, I believe, of application, skin moisture increased by over 39%. Where can I get, I need, I need some. Oh, I can give you some. <laughs> <laughs> but you're sold out. We are sold out and it's, uh, we had our one year anniversary sale in October and we sold out in a day. Congratulations. So That's now amazing. we're doing a big production run for the serum to get ready for the holiday season. Put me on your list, please. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so would you say water quality affects skin health as well and the delivery of these products? Yeah. So water quality is another thing. Um, the most obvious thing is hair, mm -hmm. right? Like hard water versus soft water, frizzy hair versus clumpy hair, right? All of that stuff has an impact. Now on the skin... You know, if you have impurities or you have a lot of minerals in there, those can impact the bioavailability and function 
of active compounds because everything that interacts in a system can have a cause and effect. Now, generally water, if, you know, it's the city water or if it's, you know, filtered water, it, it's, it's okay, right? It's not going to cause any major problems. But if you're using your water and, you know, you realize you have dryness and you change your soap and it's still dryness, you know, you could put a softener in your house or something like that to kind of control Mm. Those uh, like those a water com- filter or water a water head? filter, or you know, for example, my dad has really hard water, and it would it would make um, deposits all in the sink and the faucet and everything would clog. So they had a s- system they put in, and they got rid of all of that. So you can do little bolt-on filters, or you can use water purifiers. I think I have a Jolie shower head, which mm-hmm. helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like? our overall living environment? Let's say there's maybe mold or other things. How can that be impacting our skin? Yeah, so mold, black mold is bad, right? So if you're ingesting mold spores, it can lead to asthma, it can lead to allergic reactions, a whole bunch of things like that. But if you look at it as our skin now, you know, the microbiome of the skin is very, very important. Um, It's constantly changing. This is something where water and environment can directly impact it. If you travel a lot and you're like, wow, I break out all the time when I go to a different country with the water or I went, you know, um, in some water here in the ocean or something, now I come out, I have problems. All those things can be linked to your skin microbiome and understanding how to balance that, you know, in, in using products that don't cause harm to your skin microbiome is very, very important. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of information on the skin microbiome. It's it's a hot topic everyone talks about, but there's no real like um, gut check for consumers. Like they just say, oh my gut, my, my skin microbiome, I need it for it. Well, how do you adjust it? How do you test for it? Mm-hmm. It's either very, very complicated, you know, academic research or very watered down information that's not, um, you know, fully backed by science. But I think over time, maybe in the next few years, you'll see a big push there, especially with personalized cosmetics. Yeah. Because as we understand more about the skin and our genes and the skin microbiome, we can start tailoring certain things for the specific person. You don't often hear the term skin microbiome. We talk a lot about the gut microbiome, but not the skin microbiome. And they're all connected. Right. I mean, the gut-brain access and access there and also the oral microbiome and the skin microbiome and the nasal microbiome, they're all connected. And the fact that bacteria can communicate and direct your your brain functions and, and emotions and how you feel and, you know, they produce neurotransmitters, they produce a whole bunch of different things. It's absolutely amazing. So what they do for the skin, you know, it's, it's we're just at the beginning, but it's going to be just as impactful. Yeah, that was something I really realized on my acne journey was mm-hmm. just how connected the whole body is. You know, I think a lot of people think I have a hormonal imbalance and that's kind of an isolated issue. But what I realized was so much was happening underneath that and causing the hormonal imbalance. I had a completely imbalanced gut. I had candida, I had Mm -hmm. mold. I think a lot of people walking around right now have exposed to those things and they maybe just don't realize because they're not doing the panels or whatever it may be. But for me, it was causing pretty extreme acne for years and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I used band-aids like birth control, spironolactone, and it really took healing the gut, changing my lifestyle, my diet, 
supplementation, but then also looking at my skincare and makeup products and going through everything and realizing, you know, what's a pore clogger here? Mm -hmm. What could I be using in my house? I don't think people realize how all encompassing skin health can be. Yeah. I mean, the thing you talked about comedogenic or, um, or, or products that are comedogenic, which means they plug pores. A lot of products don't test for that because they plug your pores. So when we made the serum, we made sure we tested and it's non-comedogenic for that exact reason. So you may be buying a lotion or buying a cleanser, putting it on your face, breaking out with acne because it could be that product, it could be your diet that's leading to other things. And instead of stepping back and trying to remove one of those things, you buy something else and you buy something else and you buy something else. So all of a sudden you have seven products that you're applying on your skin with minimal impact and you're like, what can I do? When the simplest thing would be like, stop using the products, drink a lot of water, minimize, you know, greasy fast food and, and processed food and just see how your skin shifts. And unfortunately, we live in an instant lifestyle or instant world now where people want to see results right away and they don't want to wait that one or two weeks to let the skin readjust. Uh, readjust. So the term like clean skincare, mm -hmm. People are talking about this term clean. It doesn't really mean anything, correct? No, it, it, the, the term clean is a rabbit hole because there's like Sephora and Ulta clean. And then there are some companies that can certify products clean, but there's no set definition of what clean is. Right. And, you know, there are, there are groups out there that will verify and certify products saying they don't have this in it, they don't have that and that. But, you know, in general, as long as the products are clinically tested, they've shown to be safe, um, you can use them and see how your, your skin reacts. It's, it's very hard because everyone's skin's different. So you don't know if what you're buying could be the cleanest thing on the market and you'll still break out. Yeah. I use a website. I've linked it before on the podcast where I put in the ingredients of everything I'm using to see if there's oh, any what websites that? I think it's like C, do you remember what it is? CSDNYN.com. We'll look it up right now. Um, but it, you plug in the product, mm -hmm. pulls up every ingredient and it flags mm -hmm. when there's an ingredient over like a level three, which if you have acne, you should not use, mm -hmm. which a lot of them. A lot of products have that. Tons, so many makeup products, so many body lotions. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't have acne prone skin, having a pore clogging ingredient, doesn't that accelerate aging? Well, it plugs the pores, which leads to inflammation, which any, you know, inflammation drives um, aging in the body. And then it can lead to skin dysbiosis, which is imbalancing in the skin microbiome, which then allows harmful organisms to grow more than the beneficial ones, which then just exacerbates the problem over and over and over and over again. And that's when you have to be like, okay, now I need a lifestyle choice. Now I need a product change choice into going that. And, you know, when we developed our products, we had all these things in mind. I mean, we're certified, you know, Leaping Bunny for animal cruelty, PETA for animal cruelty, space certified, but we're also coral reef friendly. This is a big one. Oh. A lot of people, especially, you know, Hawaii and some other states now are trying to ban sunscreens and other products that are detrimental to coral reef. You know, bacillus lysate and our products do not cause those issues. We're non-comedogenic, dermatologist tested and approved. We're clinically tested, scientifically proven. You know, we're trying to check all the boxes to show that, hey, our products are good. They're not detrimental to your skin. We release our clinical trial data. We release the microbiome safety data so you can see it. And most companies don't. They all hide it. 
and and they don't they don't do that because they know there are some chemicals and compounds in there that may throw a three or a four. I think that's the future of skincare. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I mean, I really applaud you guys for doing that because the food industry, the skincare industry, makeup, it's all very, the curtains are pulled, you know, and I think people are starting to realize that they need to be their own advocate and really look into the ingredients and and figure out what they're putting on their face or in their bodies because it is having a huge impact on our health. Yeah. I mean, if you walk into any store and you look at the products, it's very hard to find any that are clinically tested right? Very few are actually clinically tested. And you'll see some terminology scientifically proven. That means they did an experiment in the lab or a tissue culture study. But, you know, we're, we're scientifically proven and clinically tested. We're trying to check those boxes. So when you go in the store and you look at products, you want to look for clinically tested, dermatologist tested. You want to make sure there are, it's, there's enough statistics in there to show that significant. Things like non-comedogenic are very important. Um, but, you know, it's it's up to the consumer to try it. Why are people not clinically testing? Is it more expensive? It's more expensive and you don't necessarily know if you're going to get a good outcome, right? So when we did our clinical study for the serum, we did uh, four main bins. We did instrumental analysis. So we looked at the skin's elasticity, firmness, moisture. We looked at the glossiness or the radiance of the skin um, and then we did expert grading. So we had people in the in- expert uh, industry experts look at the skin, look at the changes in redness, firmness, fine lines, wrinkles. Then we did, of course, questionnaires with the subjects, and then we did before and afters. There's no guarantee that your product, unless it has something special in it, is going to work, right? Because why would, no, you know, no offense to the industry, why would one vitamin C serum work better than another vitamin C serum if they're all vitamin C? Right? Like, I don't, you know, just think about it. One bottle is cuter than the other. And and that's (laughs) it. So, you know, it's, you know, when you have those special patented, you know, proprietary ingredients you can't get anywhere else that you know work, you go the extra mile to show it. You go and you you show this. Um, And the same thing with our, our eye cream too. We did the same thing, yeah. I feel like when you can be confident behind your clinical trials, you can obviously be confident behind the brand, which is awesome. I mean, also the ingredients are are heavy in science. You got patents from NASA JPL, patents from us. You have, you know, Dave from Harvard Medical School, me from Boston University, our medical school. You have all the data, all the testing, all the papers we release about the product. And then just the feedback from people who use it. Incredible. I have some questions for you from the community. Okay. They want to know your thoughts on tretinoin. Ooh. I don't know if I want to talk about the OTC type of space with acne here, but I mean, these compounds are useful for treating acne and for other special things. Now, staying on it forever mm-hmm. is not should not be the game plan for anyone, right? It should be, let me use it to calm down, then let me adjust my lifestyle, see what I'm doing. If it's hormones or something you can't necessarily control, okay. But if it's dirty bed sheets and, you know, fast food lifestyle, that's a little different. Yeah. yeah. I can say firsthand for me, I never used it personally. I think a lot of my healing came from other things. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's necessary. Do you have thoughts on Accutane? No, not not much on Accutane. So like the over-the-counter stuff, the OTC products that really uh, target these medical 
needs, they have their place, right? There are some people who are just prone to this, that they can't, you know, they, they just have it. So that's where they fit. But if you change, like I said, your lifestyle, if you change some other things while using that and you see a dramatic difference with it, start dialing those things back and see what happens. But in general, if you have serious acne, I mean, very serious acne, you kind of want to control that as fast as possible, which is why you use the the prescription and OTC products for that. What age do you think we should start thinking about anti-aging skincare? Technically, uh, as soon as you can. I mean, we put sunscreen on kids now. Yeah. So technically that's anti-aging. The question should be not anti-aging, but uh, damage prevention, mm. right? Anti-aging, I feel that's why all of our products are age-defying. You'll never reverse aging to the point where you think your skin will be like a five-year-old, right? You'll make it better. You'll make it more efficient. You can dial it back a little bit, but it's never going to be, you know, reversing it completely. But if you take the steps in the beginning with sunscreens and moisturizers and you're cognizant of your environment, what you eat and, and what you do, you can see the benefits, you know, of that lifestyle 40 years in the future. And that's the problem with skincare, right? Is everyone thinks they're invincible when they're young. Oh, I'll deal with it after, I'll deal with it after, whatever. And then all of a sudden they're 50 years old and it's like, whoa, now I have to try to reverse it. But guess what? The damage is there. But if you start young, you're diligent and you understand it's a slow game. By the time you're, you know, 40, 50, 60, your skin will look a lot different than people who didn't have, who didn't apply preventative measures. I love that. Now it's time for the question we ask every guest. Okay. I started this podcast because I believe everyone's pursuit of wellness looks different. What does wellness mean to you? Wellness for me is being able to live a sustainable lifestyle that extends your overall ability to be independent. So in in the lifestyle wellness space, people are always talking about extending your age, extending your age, right? Well, if I'm in a nursing home at 75 and I live to 120 in the same condition, do I want to be there? No, not really, right? So I want to extend our functional years. Now, skin, you may think, is not that impactful, but it is. If you have melanoma or other skin issues and you always have to go to the doctors and you have to have them burned off or frozen, you know, freeze them off, and they do, that is impacting your quality of life because now you have to be very intentional on what you dress, what you put on, where you go, because you're already primed for that. But if we tailor wellness to be like, okay, how can we ensure that when we're 50, 60, 70, we're in our best, we're at the best we can be at that time. That is my pursuit of wellness right there. It's, you know, there are a lot of people who do all these crazy routines, but they're not sustainable for 99% of the population. You know, they can't go run three miles a day, then sit in a cold bath, then go in an IR sauna, then lay in a magnetic mat, and then do this, do that. Because by the time it's three o'clock, your day's done, and you've done all your stuff. When the general population just needs to know some simple, easy-to-use, easy-to-implement techniques that will make them, you know, healthier down the road. Yeah, 
I love that approach. Where can people find, I don't think you have social media. I'm kind of like a hidden person. I'm tied in. I'm on, you know, LinkedIn for the professional stuff. Yeah, I was looking for you yeah, everywhere. I'm, I'm hidden. I'm hidden. <laughs> I mean, I'm on podcasts and magazines and stuff like that, but I'm hidden. But Daily V Sciences is where you'll see a lot of my, my stuff there. And you can go to our website. You can learn all about our products, all the clinical trials, all the, the data behind it, the story behind it. Incredible. It's a, it's a crazy thing. And we're on Instagram as well at Daily V Sciences. So congratulations on all the success. It's an incredible product. And you guys were kind enough to give us a code yeah. for the listeners, because I know a lot of people are going to want to get it now. So you guys can visit Della V Sciences. That's D-E-L-A-V-I-E sciences.com and use code POW for 20% off your purchase, mm -hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. I'm going to be using the code too. <laughs> Thank you so much. We really appreciate no it. No problem. Thank you for having me. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Go comment on my last Instagram at Mari Llewellyn with the guest you want to see next. I'll be picking one person from the comments to send our bloom greens to. Make sure you hit follow so you never miss my weekly episodes. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to share and leave a review. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.